We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is August 29th, it's 2019, and we have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. We got a four-game early slate and a six-game main slate, and I'm joined for the third straight day. Out of the bullpen today, though. You know, you weren't the starter. You're you're, you're closing it out. Um, how are you doing, Grant? I'm doing good. Went in a very small amount of money today, um, but not losing money, and I'm down here in beautiful, sunny San Diego still. Looking at the beach right at my window, so I can't complain. Yeah, I'm not winning money today. Um, right players, wrong combos. Like, my Minnesota-Cleveland players not on the same team. You know, my Cleveland pitcher or, you know, my Cleveland stack not with Descalfani. My Minnesota stack with Descalfani but with Fulte. Like, right players, wrong combos. So, ended up playing three teams today. Played Descalfani, Savelle, and – you know, faulty on two or three each and just didn't have the right combos. So is what it is. Move on to the next slate and uh, can't win them all. You know, um, I've, I've understood that. I've learned that a long time ago. Yeah. It took me about a week of DFS to learn that. So here I am five years later. If you haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there and check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Rotor Grinders links. That way you get three months of Rotor Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. Once you make your first deposit and start playing over there, you should make your first deposit and start playing over there because they're rake free. Um, all kinds of memberships that you can join. And each and every one of them, if, you've, if you max out your memberships, you're going to save money, massive money, um, you know, 5 to 10%. So make sure you're checking them out. They got a $20,000 Hooters kickoff free roll for the NFL Week for preseason that starts tonight and um, all kinds of um, contests over there um, for NFL week one, you know, especially the million dollar, um, $20 buy-in uh, rake free tournament. So can't wait to, you know, really start talking about fantasy draft football next week when we do the football podcast on Thursday. So this is the last Thursday baseball podcast of the season. So Thursdays will be football from here on out. And um, Grant, you get to finish off the Thursdays for the rest of the season. Well, I feel honored, sir. Let's get started on the four-game early slate. 
if I don't choke. Uh, Cleveland at Detroit. Clevenger against um, – it'll be Norris opening, throwing two or three innings, and then Drew Van Verhagen coming in. Um, Clevenger, it, it's no secret, right, Grant? He's, he's the top arm on this slate. He's uh, the top arm by a mile. 2.5 XBIP, 36% K rate. Regardless of who he was playing, he'd be the chalk, but he's playing Detroit, who has a 28% K rate. And every single, every single batter in their lineup is worse at baseball than you are, Steve, pretty much. I don't think I can hit off Clevenger. There's a couple pitchers that I'd take my shots on, but uh, Clevenger, probably not one of those guys. So the flip side, we're going to get like two or three innings of – Norris, who kind of struggles with both sides of the plate, you know, really doesn't dominate either side of the plate, gives up more hard contact to righties. And then we're going to get Verhagen, you know, for probably three or four innings, if they even last that long. The thing about it, a lot of these bats that we like in the Cleveland lineup are switch hitters. What are we doing here with um, the whole Detroit pitching situation? I mean, I want to say absolutely nothing, but – Honestly, this slate, every single good pitcher has a good matchup, and pitcher has a horrible matchup. So, like, no, not a single pitcher under 8.5K is in play. But because of that, every single one of them have to kind of be in play. I don't think Verhagen's the guy I go for. I don't think Norris is the guy I go for. Cleveland's a tough matchup, but they do have one of the lowest implied totals of any pitcher going up against a team. I don't think this is where I'm going, but I wouldn't argue it just because you have no options. When you like, I guess we'll talk about it in the next game, but like me personally, just give me Sparkman. Like he, he's only gone negative two times out of the last 10 games. Like give me Sparkman at the min, the minus, the cheapest pitcher on the slate. Like I got two guys that we don't know how deep they're going to go over a guy that likely going to throw 80 to a hundred pitches. So you know, we'll talk about him when we get to the next game. Cleveland bats. I like Cleveland here. Kipnis is crushing the ball right now. I know that he's going to face a lefty to start, but, you know, we talked about it. Like, it's not like Daniel Norris is, like, dominant to either side of the plate. And, you know, Kipnis is still under 4K. Like, it, he's obviously going to face Norris at least once, but he's going to get at bats against the righty out of the bullpen, and the rest of his bullpen is trash. Yeah, yeah, no, pretty much he's going to be facing bad pitchers all game. He's way too cheap. Fran Mills, way too cheap. Puig's way too cheap. Mercado's too cheap. Santana Lindor, still a little bit too cheap. Like, everyone's too cheap in this lineup. We have a slate with four teams, but the eight have over a five implied team total. I think Cleveland might be my favorite of them because they're facing bad opener, bad pitcher, and bad bullpen. And everything's just bad, sets up perfectly for them. So, yeah, Cleveland is my top stack, and Puig, Franmill, and Kipnis should be parts of your lineup. Yeah, I was looking to see. They did add um, Yu Chang. You know, he should be he, he should be another guy that's in the lineup. He's shown some decent power at AAA this season. Um, he's 3,400, so we even get a guy that, you know, has a little bit of um, pop that's cheap. So, I think he's another guy you could look at. So, you know. Yeah, um, Detroit side of things, listen, it, it's a four-game slate, and you can make an argument for playing any bat from any team on a four-game slate. But with my one lineup, I'm probably not going to play any Detroit bats. Yeah, zero interest in any Detroit bat. You can make any argument on a four-game slate, but I'm not sure how well you can make this argument on a 15-game slate. So 
just don't do it. The argument is the leverage, right? Like, you know, they're going to be low owned against the highest pitcher on the slate, projected pitcher on the slate. So like the leverage, I guess, but <laughs> it would have to be like a four or $5, like large field tournament for me to like throw a shot at Detroit. And, you know, I'd, I'm past those days. I don't do that hardly anymore. Yeah. I mean, you're better off just doing the same thing with the Royals at virtually the same price tags. Yep. Oakland at Kansas City. We got uh, Chris Bassett against Glenn Sparkman. Um, any interest here in Bassett? Ten and a half total. Highest, highest total on the slate? Yeah. I don't think I have any interest in Bassett here. I mean, 4.4 run total against him. He's not the best pitcher in the world, only a mediocre K-rate guy. There's three other good pitchers. It's slightly more. If he was down at around 7K, it'd be a different story. But you got Grinky and Barrios at 9K. Just get the extra... 800 to a thousand more and just move on likely going to be hard to build a clevenger bassett team um in my opinion like you can do it obviously but like the thing that like is standing out here is like maybe if you're going with two guys in this range like barrios granky bassett maybe you play bassett um but like barrios my favorite play in that range so and you know granky's granky so um, the other side, we kind of already kind of made my argument for Glenn Sparkman. He's 4,400. He's an SB2. He's only gone negative two out of the last 10 games. Grant, I will be perfectly okay if he gives me like 10 points here. Oh, I'd be ecstatic if he gave me 10 points. Yes, he's probably the second best pitcher to go with on this slate if you can't afford two of the top three. Um, I think I'm slightly preferring someone else for GPPs, but Sparkman, it's just the way things go. He's not a high strikeout pitcher, and this isn't a great spot, but he could potentially get you 10 points here at 4.4K, and you can pay a few other bats. So, yeah, he's on the board. It's not a great matchup, and it's strictly just a price thing, but it's a four-game slate. you got to do something. Yeah, if you can make, you know, Clevenger, Granky or Granky Barrios work, I, I get it. But if you're if you're not trying to make that work and you're trying to load up on some bats, like, you know, I'm certainly looking at it and – you know, the flip side of it is Oakland bats are in a great spot here. Like Sparkman's not very good, and there's plenty of bats in this lineup that could easily crush him here. Yeah, I mean, the guy that really stands up so far is Brown just because of his price. They gave him a $1,300 increase, but he had pop in the minors, and he still probably has a lot of adjusting to do, but 37 home runs in the minors, and he's going up against a guy who has a 282 ISO and a 14% K rate to lefty so far this season. Extreme fly ball, extreme hard contact guy, and we know this guy can hit the ball hard. Outside of him, Olsen would be the second guy. Chapman, the third guy, but you can go a full stack here. If Sparkman's going to draw some ownership, it's not the worst idea to use this as a leverage stack, but it's Brown, it's Olsen are the two top guys for me, and Chapman's slowly thereafter. Yeah, I like Profar too, and Chris Davis is on paternity leave for the next couple of days. So like we know Seth Brown's going to be in there. So you can just pencil him as a value play on this early slate. Um, and Grossman should play too. And he's kind of cheap batting second. So um, I wouldn't even hate, like, honestly, I wouldn't even hate if like Pender drew a start here. He's 3,500 and like, I wouldn't mind the value and the savings on Pender if he draws a start. So um, the Kansas city side, obviously like, you know, we got another home run for O'Hearn on Wednesday. You know, he's up to 10 home runs on the season now. He's showing a little bit of life recently, and he's still 2,900. So, if I'm trying to make that whole Clevenger, Granky Barrios type two pitchers work, 
you know, he's a guy at 2,900 that instantly stands out if I'm trying that build. But if I'm doing a great, or if I'm doing like a Clevenger punt, or if I'm doing two 9K guys, like I'm probably not playing O'Hearn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, O'Hearn's the guy that stands out immediately with value. Um, but outside of him, like Dozier and Solaire, with their power, they're not terrible plays. I mean, we know exactly how good they are. Uh, Bassett only strikes out righties at an 18% clip on the season. He strikes out lefties at higher clip. He just gives up more fly balls and hard contact. So it kind of works out great for Solaire and Dozier, who are both very big fly ball hitters and can absolutely mash the ball. So it's it's those three guys if you need a round out of stack. Gordon or Witt are fine, but they're not guys that would play on their own, and they're not really standing out to me. But it's probably savings or Hearns and the Dozier and Solaire pack. All right. Um, moving on. Tampa at Houston. We have an opener and then Trevor Richards against Zach Granke. Um, any interest here in the Tampa pitching situation? Not really. I just, like, it's against Houston. We've seen, we just saw Houston destroy Morton. Uh, they're too good. No interest in them at all. Yeah, Richards pitched a lot better in his last outing against Baltimore, but way different from Baltimore to Houston here. So probably not going to play Richards. I do like, you know, his K ability, but um, not against a team that just doesn't strike out. And then Granky on the other side of this game, Tampa's a good team. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, when we're looking at Granky's 9,300 and we're, we're just looking for options at pitching today on this four game slate. And I think he's certainly an option. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a terrible match. They have a very low fly team total of 3.3. Grinky doesn't have the greatest K stuff in the world, but either does Barrios. So if you're not going with Clevenger, it's just you go Barrios or you go Grinky. And Grinky has the higher probability of a win, just the lo- lower probability of strikeouts. It's it's kind of like a smaller range for him in outcomes. Smaller ceiling, higher floor, but he, he could put up a gem here. Clevenger could get beat up. This is baseball. Anything can happen, but he's probably the number three pitcher for me on the slate. Um, Tampa bats, anything? Brinky's just a great real life pitcher. I mean, he does give up fly balls and hard contact to righties. So maybe fam, but I'm probably crossing him off unless you're just, unless Brinky's going to get a ton of ownership, then you can potentially do a hedge stack. Yeah. You know, playing the ownership game is always hard the night before. So it's tough. Um, the Houston bats here uh, against, you know, Richards and whoever the opener is going to be. Um, do you have any interest in the Houston bats here? I mean, I always have interest in a Houston stack. I always have interest in Houston bats. The problem is they're all priced up so high that you're probably not getting any of the top three pitchers on the slate. You want to roll with a Cease and Sparkman lineup, stack up the Astros. I have no problem with it. They can put up 18 runs in any given outing here. This isn't a bad spot for them. It's an all right ballpark, but like their price is just no one stands out as being way better than their price. But taking Alvarez, Springer as a one off, two off is not the worst idea in the world, or even throwing in Bregman. All right. Um, yeah, I don't mind Houston here. You know, they're, they're definitely a high end, top end stack on the slate. It's just we live in a salary cap world, and it's going to be hard to make it work, like you said. 
All right, uh, last game on this early slate, we have the Minnesota Twins at the Chicago White Sox. Uh, nine and a half total here, Barrios against Dylan Seas. Um, Barrios, a 186 favorite. Uh, what are we doing here with uh, Barrios? I think you use him a lot in tournaments. So Clevenger obviously has just a better matchup and is a better pitcher with better K-stuff. But Barrios is going up against a White Sox team that strikes out a massive clip versus righties, 26%. This is baseball. Anything can happen to Clevenger and Barrios is probably going to come in at way lower ownership. And he potentially could go eight innings, nine innings, shut out these guys and have 10 Ks. Like he's not a huge strikeout guy, but this team swings freely. Barrios doesn't walk people. None of them walk. Like there's only power right in the middle with five bats and that's it. And so he could easily just cruise through this lineup and get just a boatload of Ks, even though he's not a massive K rate pitcher. He's got a great curveball to righties. He's got a decent fastball, and he can absolutely mow down this team. So if you're not going Clevenger, I think you use Barrios instead of Grinky. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I, I like Barrios more than I like Grinky as well. Um, I, I I could see a build of like a Clevenger Barrios working out um, if you can get the right bats with it that do well and get you a couple three mans. So. Just hope – it's a four-game slate. So, if you get 55, 60 points from your pitchers and, you know, your stack hits for 100 points or so, like you're going to be doing really well in a four-game slate where a lot of these cheap pitchers could all go negative. So, it's an interesting slate for sure. Dylan sees on the other side of this game. You know, he's a young, talented pitcher, and, you know, I definitely respect that. But it's so hard to take pitchers against Minnesota. Yeah, it is tough, but it's a four-game slate. He's probably my second guy. I honestly prefer him a little bit to Sparkman for SV2 just because he's got a little bit more upside. There is three bats in this lineup that strike out at a pretty big clip. What you worry about is the walk rate here and the fact that he's a little bit worse versus lefties, but this kid has good enough stuff where he can absolutely put up a big outing. So you're not going to get that from anyone else. It's either you're taking Cease and hope for positive points overall. Yeah, honestly, like, on this slate, there's no wrong answer because, you know, you're just kind of hoping any of these guys you take, you're just hoping Babbitt ends on your side of things. So, I honestly, honestly, I just don't think there's a wrong answer. So, you know, if you want to take it to shot on Dylan C's, I'm not going to talk you off of it by any means. Um you know, the other side, let's talk bats here. Minnesota bats, you know, if you're not paying up for Houston, Minnesota's probably your next best option to pay up for. Sano's banged up. Kepler's banged up. It's going to be really interesting to see what this lineup looks like when it comes out. Like, Jake Cave maybe draws a better lineup spot. You know, Marwin Gonzalez is kind of banged up. So, you know, you're going to have to really pay attention to this lineup when it comes out because we might have a couple guys in here that could benefit C's, and we might have a couple guys that are just cheap and we can play them anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, C's has struggled versus lefties, and this obviously has a team has a whole bunch of power, but we don't know who's going to be in it. All we know is that there's probably going to be a decent amount of lefties in there. Throwing in Cave, a high strikeout rate guy, going up against a guy that doesn't strike out lefties at all. Polanco is way better from the left side of the plate. Kepler, Rosario, we all know they have power. Like, a lefty stack on this could work out great and in not including Sano and Crone. It might be a decent way to go. You can go like a one, two, four, six, 
or one, two, four, nine, or any number of lefties in this lineup because all of them mash. Cease has just been bad versus lefties so far this year with a 307 ISO. Yeah, and like Sano got banged up, so you don't even know if he's going to even be in there. So, like, it could be, it could be like, I don't even know. Maybe like, um, I, I don't know what their active roster is depending on like who would potentially sit, but we could have, you know, cheap guys crack the lineup here and you know, really make a difference um, when you're building your lineup. So, gonna have to pay attention to this lineup. As far as the White Sox go, really don't have any interest in the White Sox here. Um, I guess you you have to have a little interest in maybe like a Moncada and a Jimenez, but that's kind of it, right? I mean, honestly, in big field tournaments, I think White Sox are the low on stack you go with. Royals are fine, but White Sox, like, you got five guys with power. You got McCann, Jimenez, Anderson, Moncada, and Abreu. Taking the middle of the lineup with a five-man stack could easily take down a tournament here because all these guys got power, and Barrios isn't a big strikeout guy. He can get beat up at any given time. Grandy struggles more with lefties. But the fact that it's a four-game slate with four clear-cut offenses on it, you can take Chicago at way lower ownership than any of the four, and just the way the variance works, they could easily end up paying off. Yeah, missed some of our home run bats that we had for Chicago in years past where, you know, we could just load up, what is it, Delmonico and all, all those little – like and Davidson. I missed them. Polka. So that, was, that was the guy. Davidson too. But All right. Um, let's move on to the main slate here. You know, we have a nice little six-gamer here. And by nice, I mean um, it's kind of ugly. You know, we'll, we'll start – with the Cincinnati at Miami game, it's going to be Alex Wood. And everything that I've kind of read, it sounds like it's going to be um, Robert Duggar, who got called back on Wednesday, who's going to make a start here. And, you know, he really struggled in his first start. Let's start with Alex Wood. He's facing Miami. What are we doing here with Alex Wood? I mean, I don't think I'm using him. He just hasn't shown great case stuff. I don't know how late he's going to go in the game. It is against Miami, and the price tag's decent at 7.9 on a slate where we don't really have a whole lot of options. I don't want to use him at all. It, it's going to be interesting where people go at pitching, because much like the first one, we have many studs on the slate and then many absolute trash options. We have two great ballpark games, but, like, honestly... I don't want to be forced to use Alex Wood. I don't like him, but it may just be a requirement. And I'm guessing he's going to be chalk. So he's probably the SP2 in cash, but I think you fade him in tournaments because there's not a whole lot of upside here. Yeah, I think you nailed it. He's definitely going to be popular. No doubt about it in my mind that he's going to be popular here. You know, Robert Duggar on the other side of this game in AAA this season, he only, you know, 10 starts in AAA, started the season in AA, 10.8% springing strike rate with a 19.9% K rate. Really struggled, Grant, from AA to AAA in home runs. Um, really massive increase in home runs, massive increase in XFIP and WHIP. Um, that's not what I want to see. I, I get that he's cheap, but I don't think I can pull the trigger here. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I mean, it's a good ballpark. He has all right K stuff in AAA and AA, nothing spectacular. And there are strikeouts in this lineup. It's just, what, what are you going to do at SP2 today? Like, we don't have a whole lot of options. There's one clear-cut, super cheap option, which is not going to work out great. But, like, 
I don't think I can pivot off of the super cheap guy to get Duggar in, and he's probably going to get blown up. Yeah, you know, the, th- the other thing, like, that you could potentially look at here is just playing two mid-tier guys, like an Alex Wood and a Chris Paddock or something, and not going down here. So one of the reasons that, you know, you, you said it, you know, we don't really love Alex Wood, but if roster construction, you know, leads us that way, you know, we have to potentially consider him here just because of the pitching on this slate. So uh, Cincinnati bats, I know this game's in Miami and Texas, Texas and core is probably going to be really popular here. Potentially the Dodgers going to be popular against Merrill Kelly, but I would not sleep on like a two or three man stack of Cincinnati here, looking at the home run numbers that Duggar's allowed in triple a this season. Yeah, honestly, I hate playing batters in Miami, but there's a six game slate with four good pitchers, meaning likely four teams that are going to be entirely irrelevant. And they get a matchup versus a guy that really struggled in AAA and then a horrible bullpen behind him. And these bats have some pop. So going with guys like Quino, Suarez, Van Meter, Senzel, who can all hit the ball at the ballpark, I don't mind a full stack here. I think a full um, stack could very easily take down the slate. Yeah, and even like a Dietrich. I like Dietrich as well, 3,600. You always got to worry about the pinch hit risk, which – when your guy gets pinch hit for you, there's nothing more tilting him in, in, in fantasy baseball than that. But he's so cheap that, again, I'm looking at this as a two- or three-man stack on the back of another stack. So I'm not five-man stacking Cincinnati and Miami with the other options. Like, there's three really good teams on this slate. So just kind of looking at them as a potential back-end stack. Um, Miami here against Wood. You know, if <laughs> – if they were a little cheaper, if John Birdie was cheaper in this spot, if he's cheaper maybe on Yahoo or FanDuel, I don't have those up in front of me, maybe I'm taking a shot on him. You know, maybe I'm taking a shot on a Miami batter too if I'm not playing Wood just because I think he's going to be really popular. But, like, there's nothing that's like, oh, I have to play these guys. Um, you know, yeah, nothing. Yeah, they're they're just not good, not good ballpark. and. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. An all right pitcher going against them. I don't, I'm not using any of my bats. The prices aren't good enough to make me consider any of them. Yeah, that's the problem. Unless, like, there's a min salary guy that, like, cracks the lineup or something and, like, we play him just because he's... Brinson. <laughs> Listen, I'm not ruling it out today, like, depending on, like, the pitching, like... You know, you're probably looking at some of these cheaper guys. But anyway, all right. Uh, moving on, Cubs, Mets, John Lester against Jacob DeGrom. Seven and a half total here, and DeGrom's a minus 200 favorite. Um, Cubs, one of the lowest implied totals on the slate. Uh, any interest here in John Lester? I mean, a little bit. He's got one of the lower implied team totals against him. He's 8.4K. He's in that mid-range between him and Alex Wood that – I'm considering it. I don't like the matchup, but he does have a decent enough E rate. Like, there are some higher strikeout bats in this lineup here. 
it's it's another Alex Wood situation. It's not great, but I may end up having to use him if, if I because there's a huge drop off from Wood to the next guy that I want to use. So if I'm stuck in the middle, I'm probably forced to use either Wood or yeah, like. I don't hate Lester. I don't love Lester. I, I like some of the Mets bats, and we'll talk about those guys in a minute. But if Alex Wood's going to push 30 or 40% own on this slate, which he easily could do that against Miami and being one of the cheaper options at, on the slate, like if he has this massive, massive ownership, like I got to do something to be different. And, you know, Lester has those good games every once in a while, and this is in New York. So, you know, it's a ballpark where – it limits home runs a little bit. Jacob DeGrom on the other side of this game, um, you know, I love Jacob DeGrom, Grant. I will play Jacob DeGrom just about any time he's on the hill. I think he's the highest scoring raw pitcher on the slate. I don't know if I play him here. Like, I probably won't play a lot of teams because I'm traveling. And as much as I love DeGrom in this spot, a Lance Lynn Paddock team or a Lance Lynn Lester team is going to allow me the bats. And, I love bats on this slate. Like, I want the bats in this slate. Yeah, I definitely want them too. The problem is my likely SP2 is going to be 4.6K. Um, so I'm yeah. probably playing some DeGrom. Like, I'm, I'm just going to bounce between him and Ryu, whichever one I can fit in as my SP1 and roll with the cheapest pitcher on the entire slate here. It's a great spot, or it's a good enough spot for him. He's a great pitcher. He's one of the best in the league, potentially the best in the league. He's 12K. It's tough to pay for him. Some people might not because they are just going to stick with Alex Wood as SP2 or Lester as SP2. So I'm going to end up with some of them, maybe a lot of them, and it's just going to be rotating my SP1 between him and Ray. Fair enough. Um, any Cubs bats that you want to take here against Jacob DeGoat? No. No, I mean, I called the Cindergard getting blown up yesterday. And you sure did. And still didn't make that much money, but DeGrom's a whole different story. So, no, no interest in almost any bats unless you want to do a nice little vomit stack like Blenderlex. Yeah, have fun with that. Let me know um, how that works out. So, Mets, I like the Mets. I think they're interesting. Like, I like Alonzo a lot. And I think Frazier's a little interesting. I think, you know, Ahmed Rosario, Ramos. Like, this is another team that I don't think I'd five-man stack them. But – Looking on, like, a back end of a stack, there's a lot of position eligibility here. J.D. Davis, like, there's a lot of ways to make, like, a two- or three-man stack work on the back end of a stack because you get a catcher, you got a shortstop, a third-base outfielder, and a first baseman. So, there's certainly a team that I'm looking at on the back end of a stack because outside of Alonzo, they're actually pretty cheap here. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't hate the prices. I really like the price of Ramos here going up against a lefty. Alonzo's price versus lefty. Conforto's a little bit tough, but McNeil only strikes out a 15% clip versus left-handed pitching so far this season. The guy's got pop. He's one of the top 15 guys in the league in Woba, I think, and he's not that much worse versus lefties. So I don't hate this at all. And Lester, we've seen Lester be great at times, but we've seen him be absolutely horrible at other times. So, yeah, nice little mini stack, back in stack here is not the worst idea in the world. And, like, even, like, Frazier, 3,400, another infielder. Like, we know Frazier has pop. He strikes out at a high clip, but he's a 247 ISO and a a 48% fly ball rate against lefties this season. We know he's going to hit the ball up in the air. 
So, um, Seattle at Texas, Felix Hernandez against Lance Lynn, ten and a half total here. Um, any interest in King Felix? Nope, nope. He's a little bit over the hill, and it's in Texas, and it's ninety degrees in Texas. Yep, um, not in Hotlanta. It's hot Texas. So I- I'm with you. I don't really have any interest in Felix. I have a little interest in Lance Lynn, and it really just depends on like is Lance Lynn going to be lower owned than Ryu here? And if he is, then I don't mind playing Lynn over Ryu just because it's $500 of saving and he's facing a team with a 25% K rate. I don't love the ballpark, but you know, Lance Lynn is certainly a guy that can go out and get strikeouts against a team that has a ton of strikeouts in it. I mean, I just hate the fact that they're going to roll out seven lefties in all likelihood. Like they're I mean, left- greatly improved against lefties this year. He's greatly improved, but he like he's limited damage to lefties very well. But he still only got a twenty percent K rate compared to thirty five percent K rate against righties. Like that's where most of his upside comes. It's a bad ballpark. There's a potential that they could end up putting in more righties than they currently project for. But in all likelihood, it's just not that high of an upside match. I get it's a six game slate, but. I think I'd rather just dip down to a guy like Lester or Alex Wood if I'm not going to use Ryu or DeGrom. But I, I get the tournament over here. I get that there's variance. I just don't think that there's too many ways that this ends that well for Lance Lynn. But I've hated playing him all season long, so I might be a little bit biased. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't usually play him either, but on a smaller slate like this, I don't hate the – idea of playing him if he's going to be lower owned just because I'm looking for leverage somewhere and like I don't want to get a stack against the Grom to create bad leverage for me so um Seattle bats Vogelbach's always in play Kyle Seeger I think is another guy you could potentially look at Lynn has been better against lefties this season but overall throughout his career it's always been the lefties that have beat him up so you know, kind of what you were just talking about. He's limited the damage against them this year, but, you know, the, the potential of him getting blown up by lefties is always there. Yeah, I think this is the the vomit stack of the day. Gosh, I don't like how much I'm using that. They're not a right vomit now. stack, though. They're not cheap enough. Uh, you throw Lopes in there. You throw Vogelbach, Navarez, Seeger, and Nola, and you're under 20K total. There's only There's only two guys above 4.1K. It's Malik Smith, who I hate using in stacks, and it's Seager. You throw Seager in, you throw Lopes instead, who's actually been a decent all-around back. He's been worse for surprise. But this is being played over in Texas. It's a six-game slate. I don't like playing teams in bad matchups, specifically against Lance Lynn over in Texas. But when it's 90 degrees out, it's only a six-game slate, and there's Coors on the slate, they're going to draw almost no ownership. A lot of these guys have power. I mean, Crawford has power. Seager has power. Navarez has power. Vogelbach has power. You can throw in these guys. And Nola, we don't have a big enough sample size to know that he's just a lefty matcher. He didn't hit a whole lot in minors, but he's been hitting for power in the majors, so he can take one out of the ballpark here. In big field tournaments, the Mariners are one of my favorite stacks. You know, I'm not going to talk you off of it. Um, You make some good points, and – I'm all about a cheap stack today because we just don't have a ton of options to do anything here. So I, I don't hate it. You know, I, I don't hate it. It's in Texas. They have a 4.5 implied total. I don't know if I'd five man it, maybe, maybe like a three or four man. 
Maybe I run two four-mans with a, with a high-end team that I really like. I can get behind that. Um, the Texas bats here, you know, Felix Hernandez, like you said, over the hill. I'm looking for the cheaper guys, Grant. Solik is 3,700. Odor, if he's in there, he's 3,700. You know, DeShields, cheap. Um, I don't mind mixing in some of the expensive Texas bats, but I feel like Texas is going to be a team that's overlooked today. I, I really do. I mean, Solak and Odor are the two top plays on the slate. Um, problem is they play the same position. I mean, it's more of a play over on fantasy draft. I'm going to be using a ton of them, but they're going up against Felix in great weather. Solak's got a ton of pop to him. Odor has a ton of pop to him. Felix is not good. He hasn't been good for a while. So both those guys are two of the top options. But throwing in a guy like going up against the Mariners, Felix is terrible. The bullpen's not good. So full stack is entirely in play. But Solak and Odor are the two of the top plays on the entire slate. All right, moving on. We have Pittsburgh at Colorado, 14 total. Trevor Williams against Chi-Chi Gonzalez. It's a pick'em game. Both teams sitting at a seven implied total. Um, do you have either, any interest in either one of these pitchers? Why would you even ask that question? Listen, I wanted to make sure. Um, I don't have any interest here. Let's talk Pittsburgh bats first. Um, what's standing out to you for Pittsburgh? I mean, Marte, Bell. Reynolds, Moran, all in play. The problem is the pricing on all these guys being over 5K. I mean, I, I like the Bell price. I don't mind the Reynolds price, but everyone's just so darn expensive. I don't really – like, it's going to be tough to use either DeGrom or Ryu in your lineup playing a lot of these guys. I like Pittsburgh. Chi-Chi's horrible. Bullpen's not great. This is in Coors. They don't strike out at a big clip already, and they're going up against a low strikeout pitcher. They're better versus righties. All these things, but it's so tough to fit them. Like, play Bell's the one guy that stands out to me, but I don't think Pittsburgh's over today. Yeah, you know, obviously you're making your decision, like, am I playing DeGrom or am I playing Coors? Um, I, I, it's really hard to make both of them work um, unless you're playing the pitcher that we're about to talk about in a couple games, and I could see doing that, but – you know, it's it's definitely not going to be pretty even with that. But I, I like their pricing on Fandle more. Like, Ozuna is 3,200. You know, he's really interesting over there. Um, you know, Moran's 37. Frazier's 36. I do like the catcher position on DraftKings. Whoever, whoever starts a catcher, whether it be Diaz or uh, Stallings, like, I'll take either one of those guys. They're a little cheaper. But, you know, you're right. You're not getting really a discount. Josh Bell – I would play Josh Bell before I'd play Marte for $400 less. So um, the other side of this game, the Rockies are in a great spot here. Trevor Williams has a 393 Woba, 235 ISO, and a 13% K rate against lefties. Like any lefty that draws, it draws a spot in this lineup is in play. And Hillard is only 4K still. Like he's, you know, a guy that is an instant cash game play for me. Yeah, dude has a ton of pop in the minors here. Not a whole lot of a sample size in the major so far, but the kid is 4K in Coors going up a guy that against a guy that struggles against lefties. Outside of him, obviously, Blackman's in play, Murphy's in play, McMahon's in play, just because of their price. Uh, McMahon and Murphy because of their prices. Blackman just because he's great. You can play Story, you can play Arenado, even though Williams has been better versus righties, but he does use a sinker a bit more versus righties, so that probably is not going to help over in Coors, and he's still not that great of a pitcher. So, yeah, 
Yeah, you can play all these Rockies bats, but Hillard's one of the top plays on the state slate right next to Solak and North. Yeah, and another thing like about Pittsburgh is they only have two lefties in the bullpen. So like you're getting a lot of righties out of the bullpen. So the other guy, Dom Nunez, he should catch. Like he's shown a lot of pop so far. He's very much in play. Like the catcher, the catcher on the cash game slate comes from this game for me. So um definitely like the Rocky side more than I like the Pittsburgh side because like we have some guys in the 4K range where we can make the stack a little bit easier um on the Rocky side. So moving on, Dodgers at Arizona, Ryu against Kelly, nine total. Kelly or Ryu's a minus one ninety-six. Um what's your thoughts here on Hinjin Ryu? I mean, Arizona's a decent team. They don't strike out a huge clip. I prefer DeGrom, but if you can't fit DeGrom, you go Ryu. He's a good enough pitcher in real life. I prefer DeGrom drastically, but that might not be possible in a lot of your lineups. So Ryu is the second guy to go with. He doesn't walk guys, and this is a matchup where he can still cruise through. He only has a 3.8 implied run total against him. He's Ryu. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. Like if I'm not paying up, I, I think he's very much in play. Um Merrill Kelly on the other side of this game, I think he's terrible. I say it every time he, he takes the hill. Um I don't think he's a very good pitcher. I will say this. It'll be really interesting to see if Peterson's in the lineup. And I'm guessing Muncie's not going to be in the lineup. Um he hurt his wrist, so it helps Kelly a little bit if Muncie's not in there, but still not a spot that I'm going to target him. Yeah, Dodgers are too good. Kelly's not good. I mean, I will say this. Of the pitchers below 7.9K, he's my second favorite, but that's really not saying a lot. <laughs> it's not saying much. <laughs> um, I love the Dodgers here. I think they're they're my favorite stack, not in cores. If I'm pivoting, like I like the idea of playing cores and the Dodgers. Um, that's certainly something that I'm going to be trying to do. And um, yeah, I like the spot for the Dodgers a lot. I always stack against Kelly, and we get one of the best left-handed baseball teams in baseball. And no reason not to load up on them here against Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. They, Kelly's not good versus lefties. We got Jock Jams, Muncie maybe, Bellinger, Seager, all in the lineup there. And the righty, Kelly's not great versus righties either. He's better, but he's not great. Still gives up a lot of hard contact both sides of the plates, and this team has power. Stack him up. Uh, Peterson's probably my favorite, followed by Belly, followed by Seager. But they're all in play. On the Arizona side of things, they do have some interesting righties here that they platoon with. Like Flores, um, he's been good. The Castro is back up with the team. Maybe Revenge, you know, he was drafted by the Dodgers. Um, Kelly at catcher. Like, this isn't an easy go out and put up 30 points for you game because, like, Arizona is not the worst team in baseball against lefties. Yeah, it isn't, but I'm still not playing any Diamondbacks here. It's just not going to happen. Uh, again, it's a six-game slate, but I'd rather take my shots on multiple other teams that are going to come in at the same ownership. Reeves too good of a pitcher. Bullpen's too good. Yeah, my favorite's probably Flores. You know, still priced mediocre at 4100 He's probably my favorite, but not going to go too crazy here. Padres and Giants, Chris Paddock against Derek Rodriguez. Eight total here. Um, Paddock's a 130 favorite, which is not a huge favorite. We know Paddock 
has those massive home road splits. Um, pitching in a really good ballpark here, facing a team that doesn't have a ton of power. What are your thoughts here on Paddock at 9K? I don't hate him. I mean, I like him better than Lester or Wood. Uh, but, like, I'd rather get up to the Grum or Ryu. If I can't, I go down to Paddock. It's a good ballpark. He's a good pitcher. He's got good K stuff. This is not a good lineup. So, all those kind of point towards playing. He's 9K facing the Giants in San Francisco. Like, how how bad could it really be um, in this spot? So, I like I like this spot for Paddock, and it really just comes down to the discount. Like, the discount from DeGrom to Paddock is 3K. That is a lot on a slate where we have some really high-end offenses. So, you know, I don't hate Paddock. And, again, like, this one of the reasons that I didn't, like, love DeGrom is because Paddock is just so much cheaper um, facing the Giants in San Francisco. The other side of this game, we know that the Padres took a huge hit in their lineup when they lost Tatis. Derek Rodriguez is not very good. Not going to strike anybody out. But he is 4,600. And honestly, under Lester or under Alex Wood, we just don't really have a ton of options. Yeah, I mean, the Padres just strike out a lot versus righties. I mean, it gets a little bit different without Tatis in the lineup, but in the fact that they have a few lefties now, but this lineup just isn't great. It's a great ballpark. Rodriguez, he gives up a lot of hard contact, but that's about it. He does, doesn't strike out, guys, but strikes out both sides of the plate at the same rate. This team is just a strikeout a prone team, and it's a great ballpark. Rodriguez, I may go 100% owned on him on this. Yeah, I, I hear it. I hear you, man. You're just kind of hoping for that 10 to 15 that we were talking about with Sparkman earlier because all these other pitchers down here are trash. Um, any Padres bats that you wouldn't mind taking against Rodriguez? Machado, maybe. Hosmer maybe, Naylor maybe. It's just price and play. Like, if I don't go 100% Rodriguez, it's because I'm going one Padre stack. And that's only if he's going to be the mega chalk. And I can do a Padre stack with both DeGrom and Ryu probably in it. Honestly, do a, do a Padres-Mariners double stack with Ryu and with DeGrom. I think that's possible on the slate. I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to make one of those right now. That's what's taking down the slate but like there's nothing to really justify doing that other than Rodriguez is a low average pitcher just happens to be playing a high strikeout team in a good or in a very good ballpark yeah this game starts at 9 45 eastern about 10 05 we're gonna get the notification that Renfro hit a home run like he's one of my favorite plays on the slate Rodriguez gives up a ton of hard contact to righties and as much as this ballpark suppresses home runs for lefties, it's not terrible for righties. It's not the best ballpark by any means. But with the power that Renfro has and Rodriguez struggling with just striking righties out, he throws a ton of strikes too. Like I love this spot for Renfro. Love this spot for Renfro. Um, I like Machado a lot in this spot too. Like those are two guys that like I wouldn't mind loading up on in this spot. Yeah, I forgot about Renfro. Good call. Hunter, going deep. Here we go. Um, Giants, anything that you like here against Paddock? Absolutely nothing. Paddock's good. Giants aren't great. They're priced high, which it doesn't make sense to me. 
I don't know who they thought was pitching today, but there's no way that all of them should be over 4K. I'm not, I'm not playing as yeah, and like the thing about Paddock is he's str- he's definitely struggled recently a lot more than he did at the beginning of the season. But okay, who cares, <laughs> right? Like he's facing the Giants in San Francisco. This team just not very good. A lot of ground balls. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Give me a guy on the main slate under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Rodriguez. All right. I think you're feeling optimistic. Oh, I most certainly am, but it's going to happen. Uh, give me Alex Wood. Yeah, that's the only other real option that's even remotely possible. Um, give me a only remotely possible option. <laughs> give me a guy over 8K to score under 15. Lance Lynn. I like it. I like it. I'm going to take the chalk again and go Lester. <laughs> Um, even though, like, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Ryu. I really wouldn't. Give me Ryu. I'm going to change. I'm going to Ryu. Oh, I like it. Ballsy play. I like it. Um, give me a home run, not in cords over 4K. Seager. Which one? Uh, uh, Kyle. All right. Um, I already said it. Um, I'm going to stick with my Renfro call. I think he's going yard today. Um, give me a guy under 4K, not in cores, to get two hits. Solak. All right. I just realized mine was in cores. I got to switch it. Hold on. It's going to say Dom Nunez. Um, Odor. Give me Odor. We'll, we'll, I was going to say that's the obvious one. Yeah, second base combo. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more. Seattle. I like it. I'm going to go Dodgers because I'm writing in blue and the day ends with Y. Um, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I'm going to go grab some Jack in the Box tacos. Well, go enjoy your Jack in the Box tacos. I'm going to go grab some. The wedding I'm going to on Friday. What's that? I got to slim down for the wedding I'm going to on Friday. <laughs> Jack in the Box tacos are made with soy. Yeah, six tacos instead of four cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, we're going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome Thursday. We'll be back talking baseball tomorrow. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you then. See you, kids.